a Hogwarts house divided against itself cannot stand. You're listening to the Quibbler Podcast, the Harry Potter book club for amateur historians. So first of all, let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Gryffindor! And freedom is like a beautiful kite that can go higher and higher with the breeze. And to all I say, Hufflepuff! That I welcome this kind of examination because people have got to know whether or not their president's a crook. Well, I'm not a crook. I've earned everything I've got. Slytherin! I'm Heather Price Wright. And I'm Alex Dallenberg. And happy President's Day. We're going to do a weird thing. And we're going to get underway pretty quickly here. So, couple of notes. We are currently looking at a list, but... Alex did this at a bar one time with no list, so rest assured, I do not know this whole list in order, but Alex, he sure does. Second of all, neither of us are, well, I'm really not a historian. Alex is self-taught, so those of you who do this for a profession, and we know there are several of you who listen, send us corrections and thoughts, but we're going to give this a shot, aren't we? We are going to sort every U.S. president in history into his Hogwarts house. In honor of President's Day. In honor of President's Day. It's kind of weird that the president gets a holiday. Like Every day is President's Day. Yeah, in American politics, every day is President's Day. And we are now contributing to like the cult of the the presidency. So if you're not American... God, this is going to make not, no sense yeah, to you. Yeah, you might just want to skip this one. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see how uh, this goes. Uh, this week's adult themes. We didn't write these ahead of time, but let's just say gridlock, bipartisanship, the Kansas-Nebraska Act, and... Ordering pants over the phone. Yeah, ordering pants over the phone. So let's put our sorting hats on. Starting with George Washington. Let's do George Washington. Uh, you got to put him in Gryffindor, right? Oh yeah, military hero, brave, steadfast, the first, which is such a Gryffindor thing to be. Okay, number two, John Adams. I'm gonna say Hufflepuff. Really? Just because he sort of overlooked. People called him his rotundity. Okay, yeah, Hufflepuff. I hear that. And stubborn guy, right? First vice president. Vice President is such a Hufflepuff thing to be. (laughs) So yeah. Okay. TJ. Thomas Jefferson is definitely Slytherin. I was going to say Ravenclaw. I think Slytherin because of his role in forming the first party system. Yeah, that makes sense. And he's kind of like, he was like kind of seeking power behind the scenes, but pretending he wasn't super interested. I think his backstage machinations and like recruiting like editors to like do his dirty work for him is... Very Slytherin. But he was also an incredibly intellectual and curious person. That's true. We could do... But I think he had more ambition than, than he let on. I no, think I think right. he had 
ambition and intellect in equal parts. But more ambition than he let on. Mm-hmm. That's very Slytherin. Which, yeah, I okay. think very Slytherin. And also kind of problematic. They all were. Yeah, I mean, but in particular, he is a <laughs> Slytherin level of problematic. James Madison got to be a Ravenclaw, Ravenclaw right? Ravenclaw, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, architect of the Constitution in many ways. He kept, like, making revisions to his notes on the convention proceedings, like, through the rest of his life. Um, yeah, I think Ravenclaw. Do you know what I used to do? What? I used to, I've been keeping a diary since I was five. And when I was like 11, I went back into my diaries from when I was five and six and corrected all the spelling and grammar. <laughs> so, so your girl is a hard James Madison. The first four presidents we've done so far, each of the four houses. There you go. Establishing Four houses, each alike in dignity. Yeah. Establishing the pattern for the United States of America. That's actually pretty cool. Okay. The, the next few, I don't know shit yeah, about. Uh, James Monroe. I just want to say, yeah, some of these calls are going to be easier to make than others because some presidents we are far less familiar with. Monroe's one I don't know as well. So for the presidents I was less familiar with, I did some quick searching at the Miller Center website. They're um, affiliated with University of Virginia and a really handy tool for basic facts about the presidents. So... I'm going to say James Monroe was Hufflepuff because the editor of Monroe's papers writes that his success as a politician was the result of hard work and steady and thoughtful manner. He was noted for his integrity, frankness, and affable personality, and he impressed those whom he met with his lack of pretension. Yep, that's Seems Hufflepuff very to a Hufflepuff. T. Absolutely. Uh, okay, JQA. John Quincy Adams? Yeah. Yeah. We call him JQA in Historia Circles. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say John Quincy Adams, also a Hufflepuff, because we sorted his father, John Adams, into Hufflepuff, and he was kind of stubborn, obstinate guy. Is that a Hufflepuff thing? That feels Gryffindor. When I think Hufflepuff and John Adams in particular, John Adams was kind of Ernie McMillan, Zachariah Smith-y. Okay, and so his it's son, that kind of Hufflepuff. His son was similar, yeah. Some of the Hufflepuffs can be kind of like... Abrasive. Thick-headed and abrasive. Yeah, that's which true. Which is an Adams family trait. I have to say, I'm actually surprised at how many presidents we have sorted into Hufflepuff. Also want to give John Quincy Adams credit for, after losing re-election to Andrew Jackson, he went back to the House of Representatives to represent Massachusetts and continued to advocate for anti-slavery causes Yo, for the rest of his career. Yo, that's very Hufflepuff. I, I mean, love after it. going from the presidency, deciding to go back to the House. Because you're service-oriented. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, John Quincy Adams. Absolutely a Hufflepuff. Total Hufflepuff. Andrew Jackson, obviously Slytherin. a fucking He's Slytherin. A Slytherin. The head of Slytherin House. Also a monster. Separate from being Slytherin, also a monster. <laughs> I don't think, does anything need to be said about why Andrew Jackson was a Slytherin? I mean, Trail of Tears, that's kind of all you need to know about it. Slytherin seems like it could be a real populist house. There's like, there's a wing of Slytherin house that's very aristocratic, but I can see populist Slytherins being a thing. Can't you? Oh, totally. Well, I mean, Voldemort's kind of leading a populist movement. Yeah, in, he is. In many ways. he It's made up of a lot of the scions of wizarding aristocracies. But you're right. But they it's feel also like got under like, threat by... Yeah, no. Like, I think it's a... I think I he's know. a populist Slytherin. Martin Van Buren. I don't know anything about this guy, but he has very good hair. <laughs> 
I'm also going to put Martin Van Buren in Slytherin because of his role in establishing, like, the Jacksonian party system. He, like, really kind of helped establish uh, the Democratic Party. And uh, he was, like, he was a total party, like, animal, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Different kind of party animal. You know, just, like, a very political operator and kind of helped set up, like, the original Democratic, like, Jacksonian machine. So canny and cunning and into divisions and there but there was like a horrible depression under his watch that uh made him very unpopular okay well lots of the slytherins are very unpopular william henry harrison looks alone definitely a gryffindor (laughs) i'm also going to sort him into gryffindor because well for one thing he war heroes i think tend to be gryffindors yeah i think that's a pretty gryffindor so he was the hero of the battle of tippecanoe which was fought in the northwest against uh, the native american nation confederation of native nations there and he ran on the slogan tippecanoe and tyler too tyler was his running mate then he gave an incredibly long inaugural address in a pouring, freezing rain without a hat on and died 32 days into his presidency, which also seems like... So Gryffindor! Such a Gryffindor move. Oh my god. (laughs) Okay. Gryffindors have a tendency to self-own, I would say, is... Is Gryffindor's greatest weakness. Absolutely. Okay. By, like trying to be badasses, they just own themselves. Yeah. I don't know anything about John Tyler. Uh, I know very little except that he was the first vice president to succeed to the presidency because Harrison was the first to die in office. Uh, the Miller Center calls him a state's rights championing, slave-owning plantation aristocrat from Virginia, was by 1841 largely out of touch with America outside the South. Slytherin. So I'd say Slytherin. Yeah. All right, let's move on. James K. Polk. Slytherin. Yeah. Manifest Destiny is, like, very Slytherin. Yeah, Manifest right? Destiny is the definition of Slytherin, uh, of, like, Voldemort Death Eater politics. And maneuvered Mexico into a war and took half their fucking country and probably made the Civil War inevitable by adding that much territory, which then the debate over whether they became, like, slave or free or not then ripped the country in half. A thing I'm noticing is that we have almost no Ravenclaw presidents. I don't know. Sort of braininess and circumspection are not really associated no, with politics. No, you need politics. to be someone who really trusts your gut and also has truly lunatic amount of confidence. Right. I mean, it's no you surprise. You can't be kind of a, a discursive, kind of second-guessy, like look at it from all angles. I think thinker. it's no surprise that a lot of Slytherins... And a lot of become, Gryffindors. Yeah, become president. Yeah, because Gry- Gryffindor and Slytherin, as we've discussed on the pod, are kind of two sides of the same coin. Agreed. Okay, Zachary Taylor. I'm going to put Taylor in Gryffindor because... War hero. Yeah, Mexican war hero. Another interesting thing about Taylor is... So he was nominated... I actually know a fair bit about Taylor. He was nominated by the kind of fledgling Whig party because he was a Southern slaveholder. So it was, it was to, like, appease the Southern faction of the Whigs and to win over some other Southern vote, like swing voters, basically because they felt that a slave owner 
would protect slaveholding interests. But then when he was in office, he was really opposed to expanding slavery to the territories, the the newly won Western territories and like the states being formed out of them. So they all, the, the slave interest felt like incredibly betrayed by Taylor. Does that make him more of a Gryffindor? Or is that just interesting? I think it just makes him slightly less... Slytherin-y. Slightly less terrible than this like march of terrible 19th century presidents that's fair. i mean he's like a slave owner so he's not a good person but yeah okay millard fillmore uh millard fillmore has the distinction of having the name that sounds most likely to belong to a wizard yeah absolutely i would say and i am going to put him in hufflepuff uh oh a sad thing about fillmore is taylor died in office after eating a bunch of, like, cherries that had gone bad. Oh, no! Yeah, he got, like, some horrible stomach ailment and, like, keeled over on, I think, shortly after the 4th of July. In 1850. Yeah, so Fillmore took office and then kind of reoriented the White House more toward the uh, slaveholding interests. Why is he a Hufflepuff? Oh, just because he came up from, like, really grinding poverty. That seems Slytherin to me. That's, like, very Lovo. And that he was sort of a forgettable presidency. Like, I guess he died. It's mean to say Hufflepuffs are forgettable. If he, he was brought, like, pulled himself up by his bootstraps, which isn't a thing that actually exists, but fine, we're going to use this fake meritocratic narrative. Oh, you're right. Fillmore taught himself to read, stealing books on occasion, and finally managed to borrow $30 to pay his obligation to a cloth maker that he was basically indentured yeah, to. Yeah, he's a Slytherin. Okay, Fillmore's a Slytherin. Absolutely a Slytherin. I don't and know why I marked him down as Hufflepuff first. the interests more toward slave-owning yeah. folks. All right, Fillmore, Slytherin. Total Slytherin. But the cunning, the, the cunning and savvy needed to be self-made in that way. Again, quote-unquote, fuck the meritocracy, self-made in that way. <laughs> um, okay, Franklin Pierce. I didn't even really know that that guy existed. <laughs> I don't know who the fuck Franklin Pierce whole, is. There's this whole string of mediocrities leading up to the Civil War because everyone is just, because there's there are all these like compromise candidates that are sort of inoffensive to the North and South to try to like keep the country together. Okay, so Franklin, Franklin Pierce. Pierce is one of those. So what's his... I don't his... know where to put Franklin Pierce. He's super forgettable. He was president during the Kansas-Nebraska Act, which like sent the country further careening toward, like, civil war. Maybe he's a squib. (laughs) Let's make Franklin Pierce a squib. Okay, Pierce is a squib. James Buchanan. Slytherin. Yep. Uh, Mostly, he ran for president, like, three times before getting Oh, so Slytherin. Yep. Okay, James Buchanan. And he came in with, like, one of the longest resumes of a president. He'd been... Actually, one of the reasons he was nominated is I think he was like ambassador to Russia or something like that during the Kansas-Nebraska Act. Maybe it wasn't Russia. He was in like BFE for the Kansas-Nebraska Act, so he totally missed all the scandal. Like, he totally missed the big uproar, so... He kind of was like a clean candidate. Yeah, which feels kind of Slytherin. Yeah, to kind of wash your hands of the bad shit. Also, he was a terrible fucking president whose indecisiveness totally made the Civil War, like, inevitable. We've kind of talked about him as Cornelius Fudge. Oh, yeah, James Buchanan is a... As a Buchanan-type character. Yeah, and what what house is Fudge in? I don't actually know. I have no idea. I looked it up, and I don't think it's ever... It's never referenced in the text. Where would you put Fudge? 
I think I would actually put Fudge in as a sort of ineffectual Slytherin. I think so too. Yeah. Was well, but you know he's palace with Lucius Malfoy, which feels yeah. like a relationship that and goes back a ways. He's power hungry without knowing what to do with power. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. So I think both James Buchanan and Cornelius Fudge seem like Slytherins. Abraham Lincoln. I think this is one of the hardest calls because he sort of embodies aspects of Lincoln, embody all four houses. houses. I was going to say, there's something deeply Ravenclaw about his mind and his writings and his sort of aloofness and, and even his like kind of depressiveness. Yeah. And his kind of humble beginnings or and his kind of humility or like f- at least feigned humility feel very Hufflepuff but also he's clearly a Gryffindor and or Slytherin yeah because of his just incredible political savvy and might mm-hmm. I would put him to me Lincoln is Dumbledore-esque yeah so I would put Lincoln in Gryffindor because Lincoln made kind of ethically dubious trade-offs in the same way Dumbledore did in his quest to preserve the Union at all costs. Yeah. I just think people with great destinies seem to end up being Gryffindors. I mean, yeah, seem Gryffindors. And on balance, you know, Lincoln is way complicated. Yeah. But on balance, I I put him in Gryffindor. I'm I'm with Gryffindor. Andrew Johnson? Slytherin. Slytherin. Yeah. Just for being heinously racist. When you're racist for the mid-19th century... You That's know, really you racist. You know you're really fucking racist. Andrew Johnson did pretty much everything he could to short circuit reconstruction and like revert the United States back to the like status quo ante. U.S. Grant, Hufflepuff? I'm going to say Hufflepuff. He just, also got hoodwinked hard late in life. Yes. Uh, just his personal courage kind of lends itself to Gryffindor, Gryffindor. comparisons, and he is I think. A, and he was a war hero. But I think... Just his kind of stalwart nature and his ability to, like, persevere through difficult circumstances. I gotta say, also... Getting over, like, al- like kicking alcoholism but and... But Hufflepuff also feels like a house that an alcoholic could be comfortable with. <laughs> Hufflepuff's a little enabling. But Grant, I mean, yeah, well, Grant had some, like, serious... Everyone should read Ron Chernow's uh, new Grant biography, Not that new way. anymore. yeah. Like two years old. Really good. Yeah. But after reading that. No, that's mean to say about Hufflepuff. (laughs) I don't know. Doesn't it seem like kind of like a live and let live to the point that it could be kind of enabling? Possibly. Yeah. I just think, I just think Grant's capacity for self-improvement is. It is very Hufflepuff. Very Hufflepuff. And he had kind of an underrated presidency, we're learning, and the things he did to like. Yeah, being underrated the is Klux Klan the ultimate and, Hufflepuff characteristic. Yeah, so I'm going to make him, I would say Grant, maybe our greatest Hufflepuff president. Yeah, a truly great Hufflepuff. But also was over-trusting of people and ran a spectacularly corrupt administration, <laughs> although he was personally honest. But he kept hiring really corrupt people because they convinced him that he they weren't corrupt yeah, essentially okay rutherford b hayes that's another wizard name dude i <laughs> i know almost nothing about hayes but i'm gonna put him in gryffindor because he was a civil war veteran okay just for kicks james a garfield i'm gonna put him in ravenclaw because he taught classics there's a i think it's a there's a story that he could write 
Greek, ancient Greek in one hand and Latin in the other at the that's same time. That's apocryphal because I think they it's say apocryphal. that about Da Vinci too. Really? Oh yeah. Oh, that's yeah. like one of those things that you say when you mean this guy was a genius. <laughs> but James A. Garfield apparently was incredibly intellectual. So I'm gonna, I'm just gonna say, and a good writer. Yeah, prolific diary keeper, which mm-hmm. I guess might also be a Slytherin trait. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, because Tom wasn't a prolific diary keeper. No, that's he true. didn't write in that thing. He, he just, just wrote put a his diary soul that in writes it. itself. <laughs> uh, just lazy as hell. Yeah. Okay. Chester A. Arthur. Chester A. Arthur, Slytherin. Chester A. Arthur is like if Horace Slughorn became president. Huh. There was a great New Yorker piece in the last couple of years about Chester A. Arthur and how he was just this basically this political hack. He managed to finagle an appointment as like port collector of New York, which was just this like massive honey like this massive opportunity for graft and corruption and he still is (laughs) and he never should have been put on the ticket but for various arcane reasons of 19th century politics he ended up on the ticket with uh garfield uh because it was kind of to reconcile two factions of the republican party garfield gets assassinated really early in his presidency i always forget that mm-hmm. garfield got assassinated that he's just such a i mean you know poor guy but he's such a forgettable president but that's because he got dr- assassinated but, like but i mean lincoln got months, assassinated yeah, and true. was not forgettable it's just it's so it's well, such a dr- president very long it's such a dramatic thing to have happen. Do you think he would have been a good president? Sorry, I know we're going back to Garfield. Garfield. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think, I don't think we can possibly know. Yeah, okay. Anyway, so, so Chester A. Arthur. Arthur was assassinated by this kind of... No, Garfield. Okay. So Garfield was assassinated by this deranged, like, office seeker who also supported Arthur's, like, faction of the party. But, uh... Arthur was sort of horrified by that fact and... Was horrified by the fact that the assassin was a fan of his? Yeah. Okay. And kind of rallied... He sort of... Everyone sort of expected him to be fucking dismal. And I think he ended up doing like a halfway decent job and helped push civil service reform forward, even though he came from this totally corrupt like party machine background. Okay. So Uh, a pretty good Slytherin. Yeah. Okay. Uh, You know, somebody who was out for himself, who kind of like... Made good anyway. Yeah. One more thing about Arthur. He was really passionate about like revamping the White House because he really liked to throw lavish parties. His nickname was the Gentleman Boss. (laughs) That's very Slughorn. I love it. Okay. Grover Cleveland. Uh, Also going to say Slytherin because he's the only president to serve non-consecutive terms. (laughs) <laughs> I feel like getting booted out of power. Slithers back in. And then clawing your way back to power. Also, he set a record for vetoes at the time. Yep. And he had, and he had like a major sex scandal. Okay. Very Slytherin. Benjamin Harrison. Um, I don't know where to put Harrison. Okay. His tell nickname me was the human him. iceberg. He was supposed to be pretty like aloof, but I guess he was also pretty, uh, he also supported like one of the first antitrust acts, and he appointed Frederick Douglass minister to Haiti, so he, by the standards of the time, wasn't like... Kind of Ravenclaw-y. Maybe, yeah. Like, not think- super into the pomp of it, but made some really sound decisions? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Ravenclaw. Harrison Ravenclaw. Uh, Then we get Cleveland again, which is why he's a Slytherin. <laughs> That's right. 
I was like, I ju- we just did Grover Cleveland. Okay, Grover Cleveland, we're back. Uh, William McKinley. I'm going to put him in Slytherin. Okay. Basically, if you run a massive war of expansion, I just think you get Slytherin. Yeah, that's Because of the Spanish-American War. Right. So seizing, like, the Philippines and Guam and Puerto Rico. Yeah, very Slytherin. Yeah, I think it's Slytherin. Theodore Roosevelt, Gryffindor. Gryffindor, for sure. I mean, read anything about... Teddy and you probably already know he's yeah, a Gryffindor. You know he's a Gryffindor. He's a Rough Rider. Anyone who forms their own regiment and calls them the Rough Riders yeah, is, pretty Gryffindor. is a Gryffindor. Do you know my favorite iteration of Teddy Roosevelt? What? Did you ever see Arsenic and oh, Old Lace? So good. Did you guys ever see Arsenic and Old Lace? I'm saying as oh any of you can answer me right now. If not, it's a super weird kind of daft play, but there's a there's a version of Teddy Roosevelt in it that's just delightful. I think the most Gryffindor thing Roosevelt ever did was when he was campaigning again as a third party candidate after his presidency, he got shot while giving a speech and he finished giving the speech. Hell yeah, that's so <laughs> Gryffindor. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Okay, William Howard Taft. I don't know much about William Howard Taft. He was except- fat as fuck. Well, so J.K. Rowling would hate him. He, yeah, Rowling really Ra- would have Rowling hated him. would write something really awful and mean spirited and underhanded about his body size. Even the Miller Center writes he typically ate a dozen eggs, a pound of bacon, and mounds of pancakes for breakfast. It's like Gaston, leaving him sluggish for most of the morning. Although he is a warm-hearted and kind man who wanted to be loved as a person and respected for his judicial temperament. Hufflepuff. Yeah, I think Hufflepuff. Yeah. So Roosevelt ended up running against him. Roosevelt stepped down and then ran against Taft after Taft kind of disappointed him by abandoning some of his more progressive reform-oriented initiatives. Okay. Which then split the Republican Party, paving the way for Woodrow Wilson to be elected. Also, incredibly racist. Like, all these guys, pretty racist. Some of them, more racist than others. Yeah. I would say. Some of them just sort of baseline of the time hideously racist. And some of them like actively really, really into and committed to the racism. Yeah, so Wilson from Virginia, I think the first Southern president since after the Civil War and set about segregating the federal civil service. Which Uh, is just not a project anyone needed to take on. Right. So what are you going to sort him as? I don't know. But then, you know, we also, so when I also think of Wilson, I think of like, well, now I've just, like, said he was horribly regressive, but he also had this... He was progressive for white people. He also, yeah, he also had this, like... <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. That's what's fucked up about these guys, is we we remember Woodrow... I mean, like, a lot of white scholars remember Woodrow Wilson as a really progressive president, completely ignoring right. the most regressive thing you can be in this right. nation's history. Like, he saw Birth of a Nation, and he was like, that's the best movie I've ever seen. Uh, but he was, he was progressive under- for white people. So, you know, I think of the thing you learn in high school is like the League of Nations and him trying to like broker a lasting peace after the First World War. That still pretty seems pretty Slytherin to me. Yeah. That's like he was president very, of Princeton University. It's very deal making, elitist. Should we put Wilson in Slytherin? I think he's a Slytherin. Wilson- Where else would you put him? That's not very Gryffindor. No. Peace isn't that Gryffindor. I was thinking he was sort of, I was thinking Wilson might be a little Ravenclaw-y. He, he also really looks like a Ravenclaw. Well, because he was sort of professorial. And could kind of maybe intellectualized his racism in fucked up ways. Like believed in like dubious race science Almost sir. I mean, I'm not a Wilson scholar. I'm not a scholar of any of this. I'm just an enthusiast. Anyway, uh, okay. Let's say, let's, 
let's say maybe a Ravenclaw Slytherin cuss. No, we have to pick. Okay, Ravenclaw. Okay. Um, just because I'm bored of putting people in Slytherin. <laughs> and putting people in Slytherin just because they're racist is unfair to Slytherins. That's Although true. most of the Slytherins we know are pretty racist uh, in the books. Warren G. Harding. It's not really the same. It's not really. It's like a different power it's not structure. Racism. Though. No, okay, but bigoted. Yeah, and they're, big, they're affiliated with bigotry. Right. Uh, Warren G. Harding, I only know that he had like a nickname for his penis and he wrote about it in letters to his mistress. So Gryffindor? Yeah, Gryffindor. Or Mac McClagan totally has a nickname for his dick. Yeah, what was the nickname again? I don't remember what... Did, oh. Isn't don't you? Isn't this true, though? Yeah, this he, is true. This came out recently. Yeah. Uh, the, their love letters were published, like, within the last few years. Also, he was part Gorgeous of something... Gorgeous eyebrows. He was... Well, that's... Uh, I don't remember that this is true or not, but Harding was the first person to run in an election where women could vote for president. And where so every they woman picked could someone vote. hot as hell. So I, he he looks kind of like a, mustacheless Tom Selleck. But I don't know if that's just like one of these kind of like that's pretty history, sexist history urban legends that you he, you know like something Somebody you heard in high school. Yeah, like, tell what us about you, Warren Harding. If you're uh, a historian, yeah. <laughs> send us some Warren Harding hot takes. Also, Calvin- he was a member of something. Also, Harding was a member of something called the Ohio Gang, which was just like spectacularly corrupt, and they like to like play poker together and drink whiskey and stuff. Gryffindor, basically the Marauders. Uh, Calvin Coolidge. I don't really know what to do with Coolidge was I don't know what to do with Coolidge. He was really into like laissez faire economics. Some people have blamed him for setting up the Great Depression, although he's sort of like in vogue now with conservative historians because he had this limited view of the presidency. He was famous for never saying much. They called him Silent Cal. Kind of taciturn. Yeah. He was from Vermont, I think. That seems like a really Ravenclaw place to be from. Vermont? Like Luna would be from Vermont. Or like Berkeley, <laughs> but this wasn't. This was but like it wasn't hippie. This wasn't Vermont. crunchy Vermont. Know, this was rock ribbed Republican Vermont. Yeah, this I was know. when the whole Northeast was God, Republican. That's a. I I don't know enough about him, and that's a hard one. I mean, I just want to say probably Gryffindor or Slytherin because I think most presidents have the personal have the kind of personality characteristics of one of those houses. I think he's the president that said the business of America is business. Maybe lean toward Gryffindor. I feel like Gryffindor is not as, is more like pro-business conservative than like aristocracy conservative. Mm -hmm. Okay. Coolidge and Gryffindor. I don't know why I think that, but don't you think that too? Maybe he's a McGonagall type Gryffindor. Because... McGonagall's buttoned up. Yeah. Well, or like, the, but the, I also think, I think of entrepreneur, or I think of not just entrepreneurship, but I think of being sort of business minded as very Gryffindor. Yeah. All right. So Calvin Coolidge. Yeah. Gryffindor. Let's put him in Gryffindor. Herbert Hoover's sort of. Squib. Squib. <laughs> Move on. He's a squib. All right. Fine. Wait. What did you think, though? Similar kind of business platform. But like so shitty at being the president. Yeah, I like, mean the great massively shitty at being the president. <laughs> Squib. All right. FDR. You gotta put him in Gryffindor, right? I agree, I mean, definitely Gryffindor. Massively shape, charismatic. Shaper of events. Yep. Wins uh, the Second World War and leads the US through the Great Depression. Is in Annie. Yeah. <laughs> Absolute Gryffindor move. Big ideas. Big heart. A traitor to his class. Yeah. Fair. Harry Truman. Maybe Hufflepuff? I don't know anything about Harry Truman. He dropped the bomb. I don't know much about Truman either. Our first Cold War president? That's kind of Slytherin. 
He didn't choose the Cold War to happen to him. I know. It just sort of... Uh, he, he had, like, a comeback victory against Dewey. I mean, we've all seen Dewey versus Truman. Or Dewey, we've all seen Dewey defeats Truman. Uh, I think Slytherin. Really? He dropped the fucking atomic bombs. That's mm. just not a Hufflepuff move. Wow. It's not. Hufflepuff's like... It might be a Gryffindor move. It's kind of a Gryffindor Dumbledore might have dropped the bomb. He might have had some fucking bullshit moral relativism argument about why it was, like, good for the greater good. Are we going to get into a debate about whether we should have dropped Let's not talk. We can't litigate. We can't litigate uh, that. That's outside our pay grade. I still... Maybe Gryffindor. Maybe Gryffindor. Kind of a scrappy, like, he was sort of, like, he ran this kind of folksy campaign, middle America type. Gryffindor. All right. Eisenhower. Gryffindor. Yep. I think we can move on yeah. from that. JFK. I would put him in Slytherin. Why do you think so? This sort of Camelot, image conscious, very carefully kind of crafted narrative. It feels very cunning. The stories he told about himself were really important kind of in the way that the stories, I mean, I'm not comparing him to Voldemort in terms of like good or evil, but very careful to make himself look like a certain kind of human. I feel like dynastic politicians. Dynastic politicians tended- are all Slytherins. Well, no, at the Adams we put in Hufflepuff. That's but- true. No, I, be- I agree that dynastic politics is very Slytherin. Yeah. Like family, like kind of the all in the family attitude and the like insularness of the Kennedys feels very Slytherin to me. This is where this is where it's great because we get like non-evil Slytherins. Like I don't think JFK sounds like a great guy personally, but he wasn't an evil president. Getting assassinated is pretty Gryffindor though. <laughs> it is. But I mean, I guess Voldemort that depends on our definition of like sorting. Or, or does the hat the sorting hat doesn't like see into your future? That's true. Okay, and, I like, would put him in Slytherin. Sort you based on your fate. He ba- it's based on your like potential right i don't know sure i i'm gonna say slytherin i also just think old bunny is very slytherin yes extremely lbj lbj stone cold weirdo gryffindor you gotta listen to this audio of him ordering pants oh my gosh it's on youtube just google lbj ordering pants it's hysterical he talks about his dick a lot so like I, a lot. <laughs> I almost think if Robert Caro is writing a massive series of biographies about you, you're probably a Slytherin. Oh, I think you could be a Gryffindor. But you could also be a Gryffindor. I just I associated him with I associate him with like legislative cunning and strong arming like the civil rights bills through and unfortunately also Vietnam. That's LBJ. He's I know, a complicated no, no, guy. I know. But that still all feels, also the Vietnam feels Gryffindory to me. Just, I associate kind of martiality. Mm, with Gryffindor. With Gryffindor. Yeah. Just like not wanting to. Like for, like the, like kind of use of like brute force. Maybe Gryffindor. I think, I'm going to vote for Gryffindor. All right. LBJ is Gryffindor. Um, Nixon is so obviously Nixon's for a Slytherin. sure a Slytherin. He's like the Ur-Slytherin. <laughs> Oh my god, the slimiest kind of Slytherin. I don't even think we have to linger no, here. we don't have to talk about that. Okay, Ford. Hufflepuff? I don't know enough about Ford, but I believe you. Maybe. I think he was picked for the vice presidency after 
Spiro Agnew was forced to resign for in the aftermath of various scandals. And I think Ford's whole deal was he was like a consensus pick, right? Everybody liked him. So that seems Hufflepuff to me. Yeah, sure. Kind of a caretaker president. Yeah, Hufflepuff. Uh, Jimmy Carter, I'm going to say Ravenclaw. Yeah. Uh, And one of the, I mean, a really good example of how Ravenclaws are actually like pretty shitty leaders. The Malays, the Malays speech, total Ravenclaw. Just an overthinker. I think Carter's like Malays speech, he was like the kind of president who would be like, actually the State of the Union fucking sucks. Yeah. He's got a kind of a Rowena Ravenclaw vibe too. Yeah. And he was like a micromanager. Yeah. Which kind of, a brainy guy, like a really... Right, really, really smart, really thoughtful, but not cut out for that kind of decisive leadership, I don't think. And Although people are like reassessing Carter's presidency. I mean, Carter, I actually happen to be a huge, huge fan of Jimmy Carter, the human being. And I also think, I mean, Ravenclaw in that what he has done post-presidency has been smart and made a difference in really concrete ways that weren't flashy. Like, he got rid of guinea worm, which is a disease that really hurt a lot of people in Africa, but isn't, like, a fancy, flashy disease. And he was just like, look, this feels very Ravenclaw to be like, here's this problem. It's not a glamorous problem, but it's a real one, and it's making people's quality of life worse, and it's hurting and killing people, and it's solvable. Let's take a problem that's solvable and just fucking solve it, even if it's not going to make us look super heroic because people don't know or care about guinea worm like that's very ravenclaw to me yeah all right carter ravenclaw we're getting into very perilous territory because now is like we're in the era that people remember and have like political opinions about and if you hate someone if you hate a president you're like oh they should be in slytherin or if you love them it's like they should be in gryffindor okay like, so nobody for ca- example <laughs> nobody cares where chester a arthur is sorted but ronald reagan Obviously a Gryffindor. Yeah, I'm going to put Reagan in Gryffindor. I think he's but if a you really movie star Ra- president. If you really hate Reagan, you'd probably want to see him in Slytherin, right? But he's not a Slytherin type. He's no. a movie star president. It's He's like, yeah, he's, he feels like a classic kind of like by the book Gryffindor. Also. Chari- charismatic. Yeah. Had this really kind of storybook romance. I don't know. Gryffindor. H.W. I don't actually know. Hmm. Yeah. George H.W. is a tough one. Dynastic. So in that way, again, I lean Slytherin. But kind of Hufflepuffy, too. <sighs> also served bravely in World War II. Yeah. I don't think all war heroes have to be Gryffindors, though. Because Cedric would have been a war hero. Mm-hmm. I might lean we- Hufflepuff. All right. What do you Kinda think? Not, not super charismatic. But, like, pretty consistent and stable. And, like, wrote those lovely, like, wrote beautiful letters to people. Seemed to be, like, maybe a personally caring man, whatever you think about him politically. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe Hufflepuff. Just to clarify, where we sort people isn't an endorsement of their policies. No, I think it's just because I think any house can produce good or bad politicians. Any house can produce Republicans or Democrats. I don't think, I actually am not one of those people that's like, oh, the Republicans are Slytherins. Like, I think that's a dumb take, frankly. <laughs> I think the Slytherins that we meet in Harry Potter are mostly sociopaths. But when you think about the actual characteristics of the house, no, I'm I'm certainly not in that ilk. 
So Bill um, Clinton. Slytherin. Yeah, I think Slytherin. Absolutely. Slick Willie. And a liar. <laughs> really, though. Yeah, yeah. Dis- a dishonest person. Like... But amazing Say, at getting out of, like, political jams. Right. And really, really savvy. Oh, yeah. Like, and incredible at personal myth-making. Highly talented politician. Incredible politician. Absolutely a Slytherin. I think W is, like, this really unpleasant Slytherin-Hufflepuff mix. Hmm. W is a tough one to sort. I don't know where to put W. What are your sort of like considerations? It's do you go on personality or, or politics or policy when you're sorting presidents? Is it like well? So that's why I think it's a Hufflepuff pers- Slytherin yeah. because I think Hufflepuff personality and Slytherin policy. Yeah, that's what I because like I mean, if we see Gryffindors as like foreign interventionists, no, though, but Griff, no, 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 Gryffindors personally. Like, if you think Gryffindors would have done Vietnam, then. Like, the various foreign entanglements of the Bush administration, which we're still trying to unwind, like, meet that standard. That's true. I think it was a very, I think neoconservatism is kind of a Gryffindor Gryffindor. And compassionate conservatism. Of the world, you know? And it had, like, I I don't know. Like, Cheney, I think, is a Slytherin. Oh, obviously. Like, he's a Gryffindor president, maybe, with a Slytherin Slytherin vice president. With a Slytherin kind of puppet master. Yeah, okay. Obama. I think Ravenclaw. I think Obama is uh, is absolutely a Ravenclaw. With some strong Gryffindor tendencies, mm-hmm. some Gryffindor confidence, certainly. But ultimately, I think a really cerebral president. Overly so sometimes. Closest to like a Hermione Granger type yeah. president. No, his administration actually reminds me a fair amount of the Hermione Granger administration in Cursed Child. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I I think I would I think I would absolutely put him in Ravenclaw. He's and another then, one of these guys, though. I mean, he's where he seems to have all the different elements in him. Yeah, but that might be because we just remember him overly fondly because of where we find ourselves. <laughs> he's no George Washington. Well, George Washington was no George Washington is the complicated thing. Right. It's like impossible to be our conception of George Washington and be a human being. Yeah. So, but I think you're right about Obama. I think he actually was a fairly balanced. No, I don't think that. I think he's a pretty, I think he veers pretty hard Ravenclaw with some some Gryffindor confidence. Fair enough. And like grit. Yeah. But one of our brainier, also an actual writer, Mm -hmm. like a beautiful writer. Yeah. A, A brainy, thoughtful, maybe sometimes overly in his own head president. And then, I don't think I even want to talk about him. Let's not get into it. Squib. <laughs> Hard squib. I just, like, I don't want to get into the whole fucking debate. You guys think what you want to think. I'm exhausted by it. <laughs> <laughs> Can't even go there. All right, so it's past presidents. Past presidents is only. Is the rule. Contemporary. And I don't, he doesn't even fit into the paradigm. <laughs> what was Gilderoy? Gilderoy was a Ravenclaw, yeah, weirdly. Gilder- Gil- so no, not Ravenclaw. Are Ravenclaws grifters? No, I think Gilderoy was just a grifter. Because Gilderoy was a great writer. Oh, yeah, that's true. G- Gil- Gilderoy had a real gift for gab and the written word. This was a weird episode. Hopefully, if you liked it, you liked it. And if you hated it, I hope you turned it off. Hopefully we didn't stick our foot too much in our mouths or mangle anything horribly. We did 
this was pretty off the cuff. Yeah. I looked up a few presidents that I really didn't know anything about, but mostly this was just drawing on our shared personal knowledge of American presidential history, of which I have almost none. And Alex has actually really, he's being modest, but I would think you guys agree that that was pretty impressive on Alex's part. <laughs> Thanks. He, he had some deep pulls there. Um, so, yeah. Uh, send us eowls, quibblerpodcast at gmail.com if let you us, disagree on yeah, any Yeah, let these. us know where you'd sort the presidents. I would love that. We I really actually, want your take on Garfield, Chester A. Arthur. <laughs> any of the really obscure ones, if you happen to be like really a scholar on them, I would love to know your thoughts. In general, you can reach out to us at our email address. You can find us on social media, Quibbler Podcast on the various platforms. And we will be back next time with the seer overheard and the cave. So we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, amigos. They're, they're reading through people though they were we're just waiting we're just waiting for the last that's the last one we're all waiting we're all waiting to find out what happens we're here in Voldemort and all those folks it's pretty exciting now another thing the crotch down where your nuts hang is always a little too tight so when you make them up, give me an inch that I can let out there uh, because they cut me. They're just like riding a, a wire fence. These are almost, these are the best that I've had anywhere in the United States. But uh, uh, when I gain a little weight, they cut me under there. So leave me, uh, you never do have much margin there. Let's see if you can't leave me about an inch from the, where the zipper ends uh, around uh, under my, back to my bunghole. All right, then. So I can let it out there if I need to.